Welcome to Mostly Rational, a podcast where we answer your questions rationally. Mostly. I'm Tawny Sanchez. And I'm Asia Sanchez. And today is a special episode. We asked our followers if they had any questions regarding COVID-19, aka coronavirus, aka Roni. So, we got plenty of questions, some serious, some not so serious, as per usual. But before that, how about some quick life updates, Asia? Well, I've been leading a really exciting life. Um, Every morning I get up, I don't get dressed, I stay home, and then I go to bed. And then uh, (laughs) get up (laughs) and repeat. (laughs) Sounds great. Yep. How about you, Tawny? (laughs) Uh, Well, I came to visit California for um, a couple of months, and now I'm trapped, and I can't do any of the fun California things that I planned, but I'm still trying to stay productive, unlike you and a lot of people. (laughs) Okay, I was exaggerating, obviously. I started an art Instagram. Everyone go check out Asia Sanchez Art. I, um... Yeah, I worked on this podcast. <laughs> I cleaned a lot. But only because you kept messing things up again. Yeah, that's how cleaning works. <laughs> anyway, um, I have just been working and um, trying to actually follow through on a lot of the random projects because now I have time for it. And if I don't do them, I'm going to go insane. So I think the latest project I like actually started was my blog I started a blog and uh yep (laughs) but my first post was on how to remain productive in situations like this where you were being forced into that hermit life so I feel like it was a bit presumptuous to make your first attempt at productivity about how to be productive (laughs) okay but I mean fair fair (laughs) but I do have about five years of experience of working from home, and I've learned a lot from that, and that's more of what it's about. I And I also say several times that there are certain things I'm still working on. Anyway, that's my life update. I'm trapped in California. And how about we get to the questions? I have like 12 years of trying to work from home. <laughs> Where's my blog? Oh, wait, I never got around to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I might update you with the link once I have an official domain to put on Patreon once that's done. Anyway, so (laughs) our first question, we have a couple from Ariel. Her first one is, can you get Corona through the phone, i.e. a phone call? No. Next. Actually, Asia, (laughs) you can get it through the, you can't get it like through the phone, but you can get it on the phone. Our phones are disgusting, so um, sanitize your phones. Usually, these days, your phones are pretty um, liquid-proof, and so throwing some sanitizer all over your phone is not going to hurt it. Um, Okay, our next question from Ariel is, can it infect water? The first question was obviously a joke. I just want everyone to know that we know that Ariel was joking. But this one is actually a serious question i think because it has a serious answer so according to the cdc coronavirus has not been detected in drinking water good news standard water treatment methods used in processing drinking water is thought to remove or inactivate the virus 
It has been detected in the feces of patients, but the risk of it spreading that way, though unknown, we don't know exactly what the risk is, but it's thought to be low, judging by the outbreaks of previous coronaviruses like SARS. But there have been no reports of fecal-oral transmission so far. Cool. Yeah. Oh, it also brought out that if you have a pool or a hot tub and it's properly maintained with chlorine and bromine, it should remove or inactivate the virus. So it sounds like you can still go swimming. In fact, maybe you should go swimming. Like maybe we should all just Stay go swimming <laughs> and then we could take this thing out in a day. Problem solved. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that you should tell the people that. When... Tawny, do you really think that everyone in America is going to listen to this podcast and get in a pool simultaneously? <laughs> yes, we have so much influence. <laughs> but that would only work if we had significantly more pools per capita. But anyway, so transmission through sewage may be possible, but there's no evidence yet that this has happened. So even though we don't know about the fecal-oral transmission back in 2003, there was documented transmission of SARS from sewage aerosols. So just don't stand too close to sewage grates, I guess. Uh, but we don't know if that kind of transmission for this coronavirus is possible, but that's just a precaution. Also, just don't do that in general. Yeah, it's not why, good. Why don't, would you do that? Don't, I don't understand. Why are you hanging out near sewage? <laughs> don't breathe the poop air, guys. Stop. I have gone underground before where, like, buy some sewage. Like... But that was dumb young people things to do. Don't okay, do those well, things, I guess young that's people. what this is for. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be that dangerous because they haven't recommended COVID-19 specific protections for wastewater management employees. Um, that, that was silly. That doesn't mean it can't be that dangerous. And <laughs> just, they take, they take standard precautions, which I'm sure is more than we take. They just haven't had to take extra precautions for COVID-19 because there hasn't been evidence of this kind of transmission. But yeah, just stay away from poop, guys. Just, you know, I don't feel like I should have to tell you that, but... All right, uh, next question, also from Ariel. Uh, is it airborne? So, Tawny, how about you take this one? Uh, okay, well, the one with a whole <laughs> novel <laughs> written down. Um, okay. Basically, the summary is that there's some disagreement on this front. <laughs> So. Okay, obviously we're not taking all this stuff off the top of our heads. I did have to do some preliminary research, and I did write a lot of notes for this question. Just in case you don't want to wait for that information, I'm going to give the conclusion, and then Asia, maybe throw in some more details. But basically, the answer is, we don't totally know yet, but you should always just be cautious. Err on the side of caution better safe than sorry so you know wear your masks okay so now let's back up that assertion with some stone cold facts scroll up <laughs> so as of about a week ago the world health organization otherwise known as who is maintaining that there's insufficient evidence that the virus qualifies as airborne under normal circumstances meaning real coughs from real people as opposed to lab controlled aerosols they acknowledge that there are studies which have shown the presence of COVID-19 RNA in air samples, but state that these studies have not yet been peer-reviewed. They also note that simply detecting RNA in the air does not necessarily mean that it is transmissible that way. So, WHO is recommending airborne precautions only for settings in which there are procedures which could produce aerosols such as intubation, as opposed to droplet and contact precautions for those caring for COVID patients under normal circumstances? 
Droplet precautions would be the kind of measures you take against having droplets landing directly on your face or carried to your face by contaminated hands, basically not touching your face and washing your hands frequently. However, there are those who disagree with this assessment. The Atlantic quotes Don Milton, an expert in aerosol transmission, who asserts that the scientific community doesn't even agree about whether aerosol transmission matters for the flu, so it is ridiculous to claim that we know for sure that this new virus is not airborne. He and others claim that the distinction between short-range droplets and long-range aerosols is based on old science, which newer studies seem to defy. The University of Nebraska Medical Center has found traces of coronavirus RNA lingering in the air more than six feet from patients. However, they have not yet found any live infectious virus in their air samples. The fact is we really just don't have all the answers to this question yet. We don't even know the number of particles needed to start an infection. We do know that there have been higher concentrations of the virus found in air samples from high traffic areas when compared to low traffic areas. So, going outside should be fine as long as you are not in a place where a lot of people go. Like many viruses, COVID-19 is probably not very stable under sunlight, so go ahead and take a walk. Now, I say that because I live out in the country and there are lots of places to walk with not a lot of people, but if you live in the city, it may be true that you just can't go on a walk right now, so I'm sorry if that's true for you. Yeah. I work with people um, who live in San Francisco or in a city, and they are just confined to their their house. They can't go anywhere, because if they go outside, they're definitely going to be in contact with other people that also decided to risk it and take a walk. <laughs> And as an introvert and a person for whom this is not very hard, that sounds like it would make me go insane if I was just stuck in an apartment all the time. I can at least go outside, so I feel very fortunate that way. Yeah. But speaking of which, um, for city dwellers, if you live in a building with shared ventilation, you might just want to open a window now and then to let a breeze flow through. Uh, use your own judgment if your window opens right by high traffic area, of course, but creating drafts could be beneficial. The risk is probably very low that those shared air vents could spread it, but it's like a just-in-case kind of thing, keep the air moving. The most important thing is still to wash and or sanitize your hands after touching possibly contaminated surfaces like doorknobs and gross phones. So, what about masks? Do you think we should be wearing masks, Tawny? Yeah, I think we should be. I think everyone should be. Um, the problem is that there's a lack of of them and there are people who are still working and need them more versus people like us who are staying at home for the most part mm -hmm. but i think that if you are going into a place where there's going to be people outside of your household that you are regular not regularly exposed to um then you should try to come up with some kind of makeshift mask because again better safe than sorry Correct. and also also if you are carrying it, then you are a lot less likely to spread it through your sneezes or coughs to other people who are higher risk. That's that's the main thing. Cause, so the studies kind of disagree. Some show little to no benefit um, when it comes to not catching it wearing a mask. Some show that there is some benefit and then it goes up on a scale like... A t-shirt over your face would help, but not as much as a surgical mask, which would not help as much as an N95, but that they're all better than nothing. So, yeah. 
But like Tawny said, it can help slow the spread by stopping you from coughing in the air and spreading your germs everywhere. And it's not just about protecting ourselves. It's about protecting each other. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Can I say one other, like, random tip? Mm -hmm. If you are going out in public, like, if you have to go to the grocery store, um, wear that makeshift mask, but also wear gloves because either you have germs on your hands and you don't want to spread them, or you don't want to get the germs from the things that you are touching at the grocery store. So our family's method has been wearing gloves to the store and then putting the stuff in the car and taking the gloves off before getting in the car, sanitizing hands and whatever, Getting home and then sanitizing anything that the groceries touched and the groceries themselves. The I haven't been doing ability. That. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, we're trying very hard to keep the um, family groceries as safe as possible. We weren't doing all of those steps previously because I guess it wasn't as terrifying as it is now. But um, we're just being extra cautious because three out of five people in this house right now are about 60 plus so they're at higher risk yeah um yeah otherwise i wouldn't be that worried about my myself but we do have three high risk people here so one extra high risk Mm -hmm. yeah so just to bring it up because i've heard this from several people some people didn't like the idea of masks because they can lead to people touching their faces more but one I see people touching their faces all the time anyway, mask or no mask. So it's just a matter of practice. And also, I think psychologically, a mask can serve as a reminder of the seriousness of the issue and encourage increased hand washing and hand sanitizing. Otherwise, I don't know. I think it shows, like, solidarity, you know? Mm -hmm. People in other countries, when they just started wearing a mask right away, everyone was like, yes, this is serious. But... We here in America seemed to take a long time to take it seriously. (laughs) Yeah, I know a lot of people that they seem embarrassed about the idea of having to wear a mask or didn't want to because they're like, they don't want to be seen as taking it seriously for some reason. It's not cool. (laughs) Yeah, but it's really like a kindness to others and also just, I don't know. I personally... It's it's very cool right now. Wear your mask. (laughs) I personally think it's a great fashion opportunity. Like... I've always kind of liked that idea of wearing a mask just casually because, like, maybe I don't want to wear makeup. Maybe I've got a zit that day, and now I've got my fashion mask on. But that hasn't really caught on in America, and now this is our chance. (laughs) You know? Yep. All right. Well, (laughs) moving on. Are we done with this part about the airborne? Just the one last thing, which is that um, if you do wear a mask, don't get cocky. Don't start thinking that you can just go out and hang out and do whatever because you've got a mask. As a reminder, we don't even know if it helps protect you that much. Uh, So it's just an extra precaution if you absolutely must go out. But the best thing to do is stay home and wash your hands. Yep. Okay. I have, Wait, I have like another thought that this, <laughs> now this probably would make you look ridiculous. But I was like, would it be beneficial to wear goggles? Because, like, that way if you accidentally touch your face or brush, like, I don't know. I'm always, like, getting hair out of my eyes or my face. And I feel like if I had goggles or even glasses help, they, like, kind of create this barrier. Mm. It'd probably be ridiculous, but I, I don't see how it could hurt. That would be interesting if there was a way, if there were a way to do a study um, that showed 
glasses wearers versus non-glasses wearers and their rates of infection. Because when I worked at a lab, I didn't have to put goggles on when I went into the lab to work with acids and stuff because my glasses were sufficient, they said. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I think that it might be a good idea. But at the same time, I know that, like, coronavirus um, lasts longer on certain surfaces. So I'm wondering if, like, the metal or the plastic or anything might hold it longer. One more thing to clean. Yeah. <laughs> it does last a long time on metal. I didn't, um, I didn't put this in the notes, but I did hear that it can last quite a bit of time. Yeah. I don't remember the exact, maybe three days, something like that. <laughs> that's longer than I heard, but either way, it's still, I think, the longest on metal. So just, that's why washing, cleaning doorknobs, plus those are used all the time, is a good idea. Okay, now we're moving on. Next question is from Isaac. How do you think QE from the Federal Central Bank will affect inflation of the U.S. dollar? To clarify my question, it's related to the economic impact of coronavirus and the stimulus package. And then he sent a link. Yeah, which I glanced at, realized immediately I was not going to understand it. I fell asleep. Um, (laughs) I didn't for like a second. (laughs) The first time I realized that there was a link there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, it had, it looked like it had something to do with Bitcoin, so I immediately mentally checked out, because I just, I can't. <laughs> I've been trying for years <laughs> to, gr- I to read a single article about Bitcoin without completely crossing my eyes, and I, I can't do it. <laughs> I keep meaning to, but I just forget, and then someone's like, oh, you should look into this, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll do that later, and then I don't, because... I'm like, yeah, probably, I guess. I've got, like, $5, though, so what am I gonna do with this information? <laughs> My computer takes, like, an hour to start up. It cannot mine coins. <laughs> like, as I don't even know if that was a correct thing to say just now, because that's how little I understand it. <laughs> okay, so Tawny and I might not be scientists, but we are definitely not economists. This is one of those cases where it sounds like the question asker, Isaac, knows a lot more than us. Or me, at least. I don't want to speak for Tawny, but it sounded like we're kind of on the same page there. I just haven't even attempted it. Right. Okay, so here's my attempt. My qualifications are my A- in high school government economics class, which was the second highest grade. It was a very hard class. I thought I was failing the whole time, so I was very surprised. When I took Gov Econ, it was one of my homeschool classes where they have the answer sheet in the back. So I'm just going to throw that out there and let <laughs> okay. you. My class was actually really hard, and I thought I was failing. He, I just didn't see my grade until the very end, and I was like, what? The highest grade in that class was a 93. That's unheard of. But that tells you how hard it was. That class stressed me so much. I ha- I got a bloody nose, which is another way that you can spread germs. <laughs> so anyway, my other qualification is that I skimmed this article from the Financial Times. And um, this is what I got out of it. Seems the main concern is that supply could continue to be low while consumers are simultaneously receiving chunks of money from the government, leading to increased demand, leading to inflation. If, and it's a big if, I understand that correctly, which I definitely might not, basically imagine having to pay $40 for a thing of toilet paper from now on. I like that you throw toilet paper in there, just... It's top of mind. Yes. I'm down to my last roll, Tawny. (laughs) 
Suddenly, your dollar is worth a lot less, is basically what I'm trying to say here. Allegedly, though, the world economy has a few factors playing in its favor. One, current inflation expectations are at or below central bank inflation targets. I don't really know what that means. I'm just letting you know. I'm just the messenger here. Two, I guess oil prices are pretty low right now. And that helps keep inflation down. I haven't been out in a while, so I haven't really looked at the gas prices. But according to this article, they're low. Anyway, so apparently that helps keep inflation down, allowing for a bit more leeway in case there is a temporary inflation. I guess. Three, this is the part I find the most dubious. According to the article, the coronavirus stimulus will not need to remain in place as long as the stimulus implemented after the 2008 financial crash, which sounds pretty optimistic to me. All right, so once again... Our helpful answer is that we don't really know. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, there isn't really much any of us can do about it at the moment either way. Unless there is. Maybe there is. I don't know. Let us know if there is. <laughs> Honestly, like, this article may be like a week old. It could be that the economy has already crashed since then and I don't even know about it. <laughs> I refuse to do any more research. We really need to start growing <laughs> potatoes. It's time to grow potatoes, people. That's our answer to this question. <laughs> My answer to all things. It's always potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> I just think they're neat. <laughs> all right. Another very serious question. This one is from Lance and he asks, how many Coronas can you drink? I have not done, nor do I plan to do the research necessary to answer this question. And I personally can't drink any Coronas unless paired with fish tacos. Do we have any fish tacos? Nope then we will not be drinking any Coronas. I do think we have Coronas, though. Are you serious? Yeah. Get those out of here! <laughs> We're all gonna die! <laughs> JK. Okay. All right. And then, you know, Lance said something else, which was JK discuss closures and take calls from listeners on how they're handling I don't think he knows how this works. No. <laughs> we do not have a phone line. <laughs> We do have a voicemail box. If you want to leave a voice message, we will tell you the number to that at the end of the podcast. But we don't have a li- We do not do this live. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it would be a disaster. Nope. <laughs> oh, man. An unmitigated disaster. Hey, this is Asia from the future, just here to let you know that we did, in fact, get a voicemail in that voicemail box that addresses this question. So we're going to play that right now. Hi, so I'm calling in to answer the question of what I've been doing to try to get through coronavirus. And I think during a time like this, if you're stuck at home, shelter in place kind of order, and uh, you're spending a lot of time in that same area, then it's really important to guard your mental health and your emotional health as well as your physical health. Um, so the things that I've been trying to do are getting some exercise, just calisthenics, walking, whatever it is. We can still go outside in most cases to walk, so... If you're able to do that, that's certainly extremely healthy. Um, also, being able to reach out to friends and talk to people. Uh, it may seem kind of old-fashioned, but just giving someone a call um, can lift their spirits and yours, just, you know, talking to them and, and knowing that you're not alone, that both of you are dealing with these challenges. And, and so things like that are really important. I've also found that, of course, movies or games that can get you out of the headspace <clears throat> where um, – you know, just thinking about everything that's going on in the world, if you can get out of that for a while, it can be a huge rest to your mind and spirit, so to speak. So I try to find movies that are, I really love, old movies that are funny or fun to watch, trying to stay away from things that are 
you know, dark and gritty because it's sort of the last thing we need right now. But anyway, those are the things that I've been doing to sort of cope with the current situation. All right, that's it. Thanks. Bye. All right, our next question comes from Brandon, who asks, do you think that the summer months will slow the virus? All right, so this is another one of those questions that will have an answer that's like probably, maybe, but we don't know for sure because there's inconclusive <laughs> research. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is what we have. In March, physicists at the University of Utah began research on empty, mocked-up shells of the new coronavirus to see how it would react to the change of seasons. Since viruses are basically just genetic instructions inside of shells, researching the structural integrity of the shell under various circumstances can teach us a lot about when and where the virus can survive. It seems that there have been some studies that have drawn the conclusion that coronavirus has been spreading more rapidly in places with cooler temperatures, so that would seem to indicate that the temperature does make a big difference. But these studies have not been um, peer-reviewed. The research still needs to be done as not all viruses react the same way to temperature changes. For instance, polio tends to spread faster in warmer climates. Anyway, even if it seems likely that summer will slow down the spread of the coronavirus, um, that doesn't mean that we should stop being cautious because it is still a global pandemic. Um, and we do not get summer all at the same time. So if we stop actively trying to stop the spread during the warmer months, we may be setting ourselves up for an even bigger disaster once the conditions become suitable for faster spread again. I know that I've been told, I've heard through a few articles that it's killed basically with heat. So yeah, using hot water when you're washing your hands, obviously you don't want to like boil your hands, but it could possibly help. I think it was above a pretty low temperature. Um, I think anything, I don't want to say this without actually looking it up. Actually. Yeah. Asia from the future back again to let you know that I have since looked this up and there um, is some mixed information. I see some places that say to wash your hands at at least 100 degrees, but the CDC says that when it comes to microbe removal, the temperature doesn't actually matter so much as the method, the water and the soap and the scrubbing and the dubbing. So um, also it brings out that using hot water is not as environmentally friendly and frequently washing your hands with hot water can cause skin irritation. So um, up to you. <laughs> These are all just some factors to take into consideration. And uh, as always, I encourage you to do your own research. Okay, back to the pod. By the way... For most of the information, almost all of it, that we're um, summing up today, I ha I'm going to have the sources linked in the description on the various platforms. Unless you're listening from Spotify, then you're going to have to go find it somewhere else, either on our website, mostlyrationalpodcast.com, or um, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash mostlyrational. If you need to see those sources, that's where you got to go. Um, but yeah, like you said, we live on a globe, mm -hmm. and um, not everybody gets summer at the same time, so we can't just hold out and hope that it'll be summer. Yeah. And I mean, even if it's slowed down, that doesn't mean it's completely stopped, mm -hmm. just because the sun's out. <laughs> yeah. That's like, if that were true, then we would have had one summer and no more flus or colds. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow they keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. I do think, though, that it will slow down in the summer, just because, like... Th places where it could be spreading now, like in mm -hmm. a car, 
or something or any outdoor place where it cr- currently it's cold and so it's not being like immediately burned up basically by the sun it would be in a hotter month yeah or day slow sure gone no so our next question comes from jeremy who asks can we get a discount on corona beer given the situation and certain demise of the company tawny the answer is actually no despite what you might have heard which actually i have heard this from people saying (laughs) that um corona the beer company is doing poorly but apparently they're doing just fine, um, at least in regards to the effect coronavirus might have on it. But they did stop production in Mexico due to the Mexican government closing down a non-essential business. Um, but the actual name hasn't put a dent in the business. Right. So, yeah, it's being affected in the way it's affecting a lot of people, but not because it's named Corona. Yeah. Because you probably heard that thing we were saying that a huge percentage of people were saying they weren't going to buy Corona anymore because they were scared. But if you actually look into how they measured that and how they took those polls and everything, it's not that high of a percentage, which is, I'm so glad because otherwise the sheer level of stupidity (laughs) in the majority of the population would be truly frightening. It does just make me think, though, of that uh, King of the Hill episode where their favorite beer, um, like, something happens to it with a specific batch, and they all keep getting poisoned by it, but they insist on drinking all of it anyway. (laughs) You don't remember that. Did you dream that? No, it's a real episode. (laughs) Sir, what is it, Alamo beer? Wow, I didn't remember the Alamo. (laughs) (laughs) That was stupid. Kiri asks, why the ibuprofen hate? What are the actual facts? So I hadn't heard anything about this until my aunt in New York sent me a link warning me not to take ibuprofen. And that just seemed super sketchy to me. I don't know why. It just did. So, um, yeah, there was a rumor going around that said not to take ibuprofen if you had coronavirus symptoms. And it claimed that the virus thrives on ibuprofen and that it and that taking it would kickstart the virus into pneumonia. So people should only take Tylenol or acetaminophen or however you pronounce that. I don't know. So anyway, I did some digging about that because, like I said, it sounded sketchy to me. This is what I found out. It basically started because of some early case reports observing that significant numbers of the most gravely ill COVID patients had high blood pressure and diabetes, leading to the theory that those with a higher expression of the enzyme ACE2 were at a higher risk of infection. Since people with those illnesses are often treated with medications which lead to a rise in ACE2, which provides a place on cell surfaces for the coronavirus to attach and enter. Those medications which cause that rise are anti-inflammatories, just like ibuprofen. So ibuprofen can also cause ACE2 to rise. So anyway, long story short, they were just saying that because people who had those diseases seemed to be a a significant number of the patients and they take those medications that maybe the medications were making it worse so ibuprofen would be in that class of medication the thing is though that 
they were really leaping to conclusions there. It was largely speculation. And this was coming out of France. The French Ministry of Health, they just took it and ran with it, advising people to avoid ibuprofen and other anti-inflammatories. It's hard to find actual evidence to back up their recommendations, though. And here's the twist that made me go, what? France has been reevaluating non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which you may know as NSAIDs, which include ibuprofen, for some time now. So those that country's medical experts were already set up to be suspicious of anti-inflammatory medications like ibuprofen. The fact is that there's not enough evidence to back these claims, and we do know that the level of ACE2 is not the only factor that determines how susceptible a person may be to infection. But we have known for a while that ibuprofen comes with risks and side effects, but we also know that acetaminophen comes with risks and side effects. And the danger here is that people are going to hear these rumors about ibuprofen and start taking large doses of acetaminophen instead which can cause liver damage and other problems. In fact, I heard that kids like shouldn't take it at all, even though they make baby aspirin, they're, they're, they shouldn't take it. So I can't tell you what to do in these situations since they're still figuring it out. But personally, when I have a fever, I try to resist taking drugs to bring the fever down unless my fever becomes dangerously high because I'm trying to let my immune system do its thing and fevers are part of the fighting process. A pill may make you feel better temporarily, but it may be causing damage if you're taking too much unnecessarily. And that applies whether you are taking Tylenol or Advil. So, you know, just be nice to your body. It doesn't actually like those things, either one of them. <laughs> but, you know, use your own judgment. If your fever is dangerously high, obviously you need to do something about it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for your support. <laughs> so, I mean, no, I agree that basically I think people will hear a rumor and they they'll just run to the other extreme and end up doing just a different kind of damage. And we just, you got to try and stay balanced in things. And again, I think this is part of our upbringing, but I've seen it um, prove true where taking medicine will definitely prolong sicknesses sometimes because like, like you said, if you're not letting the fever do its thing, then like it's staying in you and the sickness that you have is not being um, killed off by that fever. And you know, don't take our word for everything here, even though we have tried to research this as much as we can. It, that's the whole moral of this story is if you just, if you see something that says ibuprofen will make you worse and you just spread it without looking up the actual facts for yourself, then you could be spreading misinformation. Mm -hmm. And I see this all the time. So this is my plea to click the article, look at the sources. See if it makes actual sense. Maybe ask a friend who knows more about it than you do before you start spreading <laughs> it around. <laughs> yep. Yes, please. Do research. <laughs> We're trying to sum up the research that we've done. I mean, I'm throwing a little personal experience in there, um, but just yeah. sometimes that helps too because I like to experiment on myself. We're not <laughs> doctors. We're amateur podcasters, so take... <laughs> Everything we say with a grain of salt, but the point is to, yeah, do do your research. All right, and our next question from Kiri is, if you were still working, 
What's the best and worst Corona essential job? Well, Tawny, as she made so clear, is still working. <laughs> but her job... Hmm, your job... Your job, if you could not work from home, do you think it would be classified as essential? Absolutely not. Yeah, so her no. job isn't... Your job is not essential. So we have to choose our best and worst essential jobs. Um, I found a list on Wikipedia... A reliable source, just kidding, don't follow my example, kids. Wikipedia. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, this was a list of jobs that could be considered essential. Um, and of the jobs I saw on the list, I think that air traffic control is probably pretty cushy at the moment. I don't think, I don't know, actually I haven't looked it up to see if there's a significantly lower amount of planes in the air, but I imagine that there, there is. Probably. I think so. I was actually looking at plane tickets today, and it seems like there were not very many options. Yeah. Um, I think my top choice would be electricity services, because you're working on wires. You're not really, you don't necessarily have to, like, be around the public. Yeah, if it's, like, new housing, too, you don't have to really worry about people having touched all up on those walls and everything. Oh, I was thinking, not, like... An electrician, I was thinking more like... Oh, like pg and &E. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, whatever would we do about pg and &E? <laughs> I wouldn't really want to work for pg and &E, but I think as far as an essential job to have during a pandemic, that would be um, my ideal. Yeah, I don't know why I thought being an electrician was what that meant. <laughs> Probably not under most circumstances, but people still do need electricians. I don't know. Yeah. So what's your worst choice? <laughs> working in an emergency room <laughs> right i think anything in the hospital sector um but also retail is like a close second like working at a grocery store yeah. i've been hearing some horror stories you guys be nice to them they working at walmart oh my goodness be, be nice to those people i don't care so i don't care if they give you attitude you would give you attitude too if you were working under these circumstances <laughs> just be nice so next question Dave asks, if I get coronavirus twice as bad as everyone else, will the doctor upgrade it to Dos Equis? Asia, I know you have a joke waiting. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, this is very serious. Yes, um, if you get it twice as bad as everyone else, you will get Dos Equis, which is Spanish for X. You will get one X over each eye. That's Dos, or two. Like a cartoon. Because you will be dead. Perfect delivery. <laughs> of my very serious statement. Not a joke. Alright. Thank you for that slow clap. <laughs> Our next question is from Lori. Lori asks, could the coronavirus catch a virus? So, you would think that I'd have another joke lined up for this. But... Instead, I actually have a fun fact. So, there is... Fun. Shut up, it's fun! So, there is a very large virus out there which infects amoebae, which is the plural of amoeba. Trust me, I looked it up. 
Anyway, it <laughs> infects amoebae in order to copy itself. And there is another virus dubbed Sputnik, which is very, very, very tiny, and it cannot multiply within an amoeba unless it is in one which has also been infected by the giant virus. So it's piggybacking on the large virus's replication machinery and thereby hinders the large virus's ability to infect the amoeba by 70%, which one could say is making the big virus sick because it's not working at top efficiency. So anyway, that's just a fun fact, and I'm pretty sure the coronavirus cannot catch itself. Question answered. <laughs> Next. Okay. Cool beans. <laughs> but Thanks. a virus can catch a virus, Donnie. Isn't Thanks that cool? Thanks for that. We it's have, cool. <laughs> we have, every time someone says fun fact, I want to slap them because it, the, fa- the fact is never fun. That Give me was an actual fun. fun fact. Tawny, it's a tiny virus named Sputnik. It made me a little nauseous. Sputnik. Thinking about all the amoebae. <laughs> <laughs> also, the word amoebae was in it. How is that not fun? It was kind of cute. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, amoebae is so much cuter than amoeba. I know. Anyway. Okay, we have one more question. And since it's um a lot of research, again involved in this question to answer. I'm going to ask the question, and Asia, you can read the answer. Oh, uh, apparently that's my job <laughs> this podcast. Uh, all right. All right. This next question is from Peppy, a mystery person. The swine flu definitely not really killed 14,000 people and no quarantines, hoarding, etc. Why now? Mystery person. <laughs> you know, it could be any Peppy. <laughs> definitely not. Our progenitor. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hold on. So, just as a reminder, because we got a little bit distracted there, the swine flu killed 14,000 people, but there were no quarantines or or hoarding. So, why is that? What's the difference? Well, here's what I found. Between 2009 and 2010, the swine flu, a.k.a. H1N1, actually infected as many as 1.4 billion people across the globe and killed hundreds of thousands. There were an estimated 60.8 million cases in the U.S. and nearly 12,500 deaths, which is a mortality rate of about 0.02%. So far, the mortality rate for the novel coronavirus is around 2%, which is much, much larger. This could go down when more people are tested, but that difference is so large that it could mean millions more deaths than from H1N1. The swine flu was also less contagious than the coronavirus. It was possibly only half as contagious, in fact. Another reason we're having a much different experience this time around is that there have been issues with testing. Most U.S. states had labs capable of diagnosing H1N1, and there were supplies available to prevent and treat the flu, which were released within four weeks of H1N1's detection. However, this February, for coronavirus, most of the kits the CDC sent out to labs were faulty, which caused a huge delay while the coronavirus kept spreading undetected for weeks. And there has since been some progress, but some labs are already running out of testing supplies. Also, with the flu, we kind of have a herd immunity from people being vaccinated or having already had it. Uh, We are a long way off from having a tested and approved vaccine for the novel coronavirus, and we don't yet have a way of knowing who is and isn't immune. Considering how many people are at risk of serious illness or death under these circumstances, we should all do our part to stop the spread as much as possible. This means all those things you keep hearing. 
wash your hands, stay home, and I cannot emphasize this enough, stay home. Tawny, do you want to help emphasize that? Please stay home. Please stay home. <laughs> if you must leave for essential reasons, try to be smart about it. All those things we just talked about. Wear a mask if you can. It's, it's not that hard. You probably can. Even if you can't buy one, you can make one. I'll try to link on our Patreon to a video I found um, of a way to make one without even sewing. I can't sew, so that was great for me. You basically use two rubber bands and a handkerchief. It's great. So yeah, wear a mask and wash your hands and stay home. <laughs> there are people out there who have to work because they're providing essential services to the rest of us. So the best way you can help them is to keep your germs away and be nice. Can I just say that people should really do that more often in, in under normal circumstances? Wash your hands and be nice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there are so many things that people are like, oh man, we have to wash our hands and like we have to sanitize things and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, these are really things that you should already have established as habits in your day-to-day -day life. Either way, I mean, sometimes, some of it, yeah, it's it's more extreme than under normal circumstances, but wash your hands and be nice. I think people should also stay home more under normal circumstances. Yeah. This is my time to shine, Tawny. It's like <laughs> I am doing exactly what I always want to do, and I'm saving the world. Mm -hmm. I'm a hero. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm, I, I'm glad that you are looking at it in a positive way for your self-esteem. <laughs> you know me. Ever the optimist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Asia did a lot of research to answer these questions and to be as accurate as possible, but if anyone listening has any corrections, feedback, or follow-up questions, feel free to send them to mostlyrationalpod at gmail.com, or you can send them through our website, mostlyrationalpodcast.com. You can also use those methods to send any non-corona-related questions for our next episode, which actually, please do that because, like, I'm really done talking about <laughs> coronavirus yeah let's have fun next time <laughs> yeah we also have a fun voicemail box open for submissions right now so if you want to send in a story a joke a question or if you want to tell us how you've been dealing with this whole pandemic experience we want to hear from you and the number for that is one three three zero eight eight six cube which okay. is also two eight two three if you'd like to support what we're doing here, you can go to patreon.com slash mostlyrational where you will find extras and perks for patrons. So uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah. So Tawny and I just want to say we're wishing you all the best. This is kind of like a stressful time for everybody. Stay safe out there. Stay home. Don't Watch go TV. out there. <laughs> Pick up a hobby. You know you've been putting some off. Just do it. Feel free to read my blog. It's only a 10-minute read. Tawny, you have to tell them where to find your blog. I'll tell them later. I don't have a real <laughs> link yet. This is what happens when you just build something on Wix. Yeah. Tawny, the programmer, the web developer, building things on Wix. Well, then we'll just leave you guys with that cliffhanger. <laughs> Someday you'll be able to read Tawny's blog. Well, if you follow us on Twitter or on Instagram, then it will be put there. Why, Tawny, what is our Twitter? mostly rational what is our no oh my goodness <laughs> i don't know what our twitter is. our twitter is mostly rational and our instagram account is mostly rational podcast i know it's a little confusing you had to go with what's available <sighs> <laughs> who are these other mostly rational instagrammers i, I want to know i know there can only be two
<laughs> they need to hand over their account. Yeah. Right now. I'm right shaking now. my fist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop right, this bye. stupid recording. <laughs>